Hey everyone, Jim Phoenix here, and boy do we have a special What's Cracking coming up. We have Encounter UFOs. That's right, none other than the executive producer of Encounter UFO, Nick Crow. And he's going to be chilling out with us, talking it up from the T&E channels, Encounter UFO, which of course you can see on the T&E channel on August 10th, oh, that's a Tuesday, at 9 p.m., Eastern Time, boop. Go check it out. It's awesome. And now it's time to phone home. No, find out what's cracking. Hit it. Hey everyone, Jim Phoenix here, and boy, do we have an exciting what's cracking. I've got none other than Nick Crow. And if you've seen anything, anything in Canada that you like, you probably seen this work. We're, we're gonna go exclusively into Encounter UFO. Encounter UFO on the TNE channel, and that's starting August 10th, Tuesday. If you're hitting inside my voice and you have a time machine, go back and then listen to this now. But Nick, I just wanna say thank you so much for joining us, for joining me, the Royal S. How you been? Just I'm great, thank, thank you for having me. and. Always excited to talk uh, talk UFOs. That is near and dear to my heart, UFOs as well. And all right, before I get into the TV show, I have to ask why. Why UFOs for you? Why? Uh, you know, I, I think it's, it's one of those subjects that comes around every 10 years or so. And when I was a little kid, eight, nine, um, we all remember these scholastic book services and they would you know, they were selling these anthologies about Loch Ness and Bigfoot and UFOs. And I just, something about it hooked me and it never really let go of me. So it's been a persistent interest throughout my life. And then when I started a career in television, it was, um, you know, one of the great joys about working in TV that you get to engage and, and really deep dive into things that you're already interested in. Um, yeah. And that's, that's awesome. And I'm glad you brought up this classic books. Things, do they even have those anymore? I, I've talked to some younger people like, what's a book? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> but I, think, I think they do have, still have the scholastic book service. Uh, I have two uh, relatively younger kids. Um, so it's still a thing. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, absolutely. And it gives people hooked into something that they like to do and like to explore. I love UFOs as well. And it's a, did you ever see one or have you believed you've seen one or have you experienced with UFO yourself? I have not actually. I, the closest I've come was, um, you know, during the pandemic uh, sometime last winter, I was, I live in the East end of Toronto right. and I was down on, at the far end of the beach and I saw a light in the sky that was very strange and inexplicable but you know as is often the case it was gone before I knew it and so I I don't know was it a trick of the eyes was it something else but I, I can't say I've ever had a, a true UFO experience but that's pretty cool and it's always the gambit the rainbow gambit of you have I'm not sure what that was in the sky versus I can't get out of my bed because of sleep paralysis which actually features in encounter UFO right Yes, yeah, as part of our abduction episode, 
or you know a, a, a gentleman like Stefan Mahalik uh, in Falcon Lake in 67 who actually encounters a UFO in a field and gets badly burned by it which uh, you know that's a long distance away from thinking you've glimpsed a light in the sky to being burned and you know sickened eventually by right. this encounter. Yeah, I hear a lot of the radiation poisonings and, and such will happen to people who say they have encounters, and then there's physical evidence of it. Now, when you're doing the research for the show, how do people come? Do they come to you as like a catch all, like come to us with your stories? How do you get the stories? Well, we started, so it's an eight hour, um, eight episode series of one hour. So it runs, starts tomorrow, but it runs for eight consecutive weeks. So, you know, we knew as an organizing principle, we wanted to explore various facets of the, uh, of the phenomenon and how, how regular people engage with it. So we'd started with security threats, abductions, close encounters, mass sightings, those sorts of organizing episodes. And then within it, we start to put the word out to communities. We're looking for people that have had firsthand experience with UFOs and people that preferably have some form of photographic evidence, whether it's still photography or a video. So within each of those you know, buckets, as is the cliche in, in television, we'd start to build out a story list. And each, each hour of the series features three uh, eyewitnesses making for 24 across the eight hours. But we spoke to 160 or 170 separate people. So it was a, a matrix and we had a very talented uh, team of researchers chasing all of these stories down. That, that's amazing. Now, is that going to be for collaboration or store building with one of the, one of the three people? Or is that a lot of people that just didn't pan out because of X, Y, Z or... Yeah, that's a really great question. What I mean, so we have the three central uh, eyewitness encounters as part of each episode, but we also built out um, kind of comparison stories that didn't necessarily have a firsthand voice. So each story may have, you know, this actually isn't so rare. This happened in Peru in 1971 or something like that. So we used some of those stories as uh, kind of connective tissue to build out these, you know, angles on the phenomenon. But, you know, as TV producers, you're ever hopeful that you may get a, another season of, of something. And so it's good to, good to know there's, there are more stories, uh, you know, where your initial call came from. Yeah, there seems like not a lack of it. There's, there's a lack of one thing in most of the UFO. I mean, I guess I'm a consumer of UFO and, and haunted stuff. And everything like that so a lot of them are the very scary monsters no one were like oh and they helped me with my car i ran out of gas and they like pushed my car to the next station nothing was very positive have you ever heard of a positive ufo experience in your research positive ufo experience um i you know i, I think there was a range in emotions that we saw certainly you i, I know that Many of us have seen the declassified footage of the U.S. Air Force pilots um, locking in on some of these strange, anomalous kind of targets in the sky. Those guys, you know, seemed gleeful. You know, they seemed they seemed like they had finally seen something they suspected was there all along. Um, but that's part of the in interesting. Uh, 
aspect to this series is depending on who you are, that experience may take different shapes. So for the average person, it may be frightening, but you know, for a seasoned pilot or someone like that, a military official, it, it has a different texture and it's, it, it's more amazement or wonderment. Right, and that's, that's really important you bring that up too, and brilliant, because that was my next question. See, we're at one check. Now, because of the US government declassifying a lot of things, how much more of a push does this give your series? Because it's not like, oh, you have full fringe. Like, no, that's the US government saying a lot of this stuff too. Yeah, I, I think we're definitely in one of those periods where the interest and attention in the subject is at a, a real high. Uh, and I think more than any other time in my life, at least, does feel like we're on the cusp of finding something out. Although the, the report that was released recently didn't say much beyond, yeah, there, there are these strange lights. We don't know what the, they are. We're not willing to speculate. Um, you know, because a UFO is an unidentified flying object. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily equate to extraterrestrial life. Correct. Um, but there, you're right. There is a, a ton of interest. And I think one of the challenges and one of our guiding principles was how do we future-proof the series? How do we, how do we keep the conversation intelligent and forward-looking as this, you know, phenomenon and studies into it continues to evolve, you know, almost day by day, if you're following the papers. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's one of the things you do brilliantly, at least from, I saw the screener and I was like a, a little popcorn junkie in front of my TV set watching this for Encounter UFO, which everyone else can watch on Tuesday, August 10th at 9 p.m. in t and &E. And I, again, t and &E just, you're my Blumhouse. That is this gonna make a lot of sense for horror. Like you never do anything kind of like, eh, it's all like full out production value. And I love it. And I, and I absolutely love it. This has nothing like dissimilar with production. It has everything brand new. It's all new footage. It's all new reenactments. And how important is to get the reenactments right for the person who's having their story being told? Are they part of the creative process? Is it part of like an up or down for them or is it just like, we'll do the best we can and they're good with it or? Yeah, I mean, um, our, our director and series producer, Brian Rice, I mean, he did a, an amazing job with the, and with the casting team. I, I, the likeness between some of the eyewitnesses and their dramatic counterparts is really, really stunning. It's remarkable. Um, but, <clears throat> you know, you've touched on something which is for a lot of people, this is not an easy thing to come forward and talk about. So when someone puts their trust in you to share their story to North America and the world, you've, you really do have to take care with it in terms of the editorial and the narrative and how you position it, but also the, the, the obviously clearly the visual aspect so that people feel, they don't feel regretful for having shared their story and they, they feel like you've done right by them. No, that, that, that's absolutely it. And that's something I always get from all the T&E productions that do reenactments that you take the person seriously and you try to be the most gentlest version, you know, version of it you can. And especially for something like, if I say I've, I've seen a haunted, I've seen a ghost, uh, maybe some people are like, really? But if you say you've seen a UFO and you were abducted by aliens, that's your job going, uh, hold on, we need to come and talk. 
yeah so it's, yeah so to handle that and then have them be okay with that that's just uh, hats off to you guys because that that's brilliant that that's the care that they need i think thank you yeah i you know i think one of the the biggest challenges with making um the t and e shows for t and e is they don't tend to end with and here i am with the ufo or and you know here's a selfie of me with the ghost it's you're wrestling with something that's ineffable and doesn't necessarily have an ending in the traditional sense it's also what i think keeps us all coming back to these subject areas why we're so compelled and why people have such an appetite for it but i was i was very inspired by the t and e approach of the single person looking down the barrel of the camera sharing something very important that had happened to them and I, you know, I wondered what would that look like for the UFO genre? We've seen a lot of paper chase shows about, you know, government conspiracies and cover-ups and this sort of high level uh, of, of uh, stuff. But I had wondered, I want to hear that from the, the firsthand accounts of regular people. Let's, let's revisit them in this new era where we're starting to take this seriously. Let's, let's talk to the people that may have been dismissed and hear their stories again with these fresh eyes. And it works really well. I, I'm, I've said this before. I'm what is known as a doubter. Not so much I doubt UFOs or doubt hauntings. I just doubt in general. And so when I see people, I always like to do like the human lie detector test. Like, okay, do they believe what they're saying? And for encounter UFO, 100%. 100%. So they, maybe it happened or not. Maybe that UFO happened or not. But they believed it happened. And that's... Like it, it's it's totally right, Jim. I love hearing you say that because I, I had said to someone as we were in production, you know, I think this will be an interesting aspect of this series is people at home debating whether or not they think the claim is, is valid. And, and what you've said, it, you know, this is my fifth UFO series or special I've worked on. 99% of the time, I always feel like someone has experienced something authentic and what it may be is uh, is open to debate and discussion, but very, very rarely have I ever felt like someone was just making something up. I mean, I can think of once and it wasn't on this show. Um, it's, in, it's an interesting thing. It, it comes across and that's why I think Encounter UFO is gonna be, I say this a lot, you've got this mash of TNE. If you're into paranormal or horror or sci-fi TNE, that's the only channel you need. If I could just buy that channel by itself, that'd be perfect for me. And encountering yeah, UFO again, it. it's brilliant. Love hearing that, yeah, it's brilliant. And there's eight. I can't wait. I saw the first one. It, it's it's everything you ever wanted. It, it's kind of like um, the History Channel on steroids. Really, it's like oh, this is it's better research. I mean, it's it's awesome. And History Channel does a lot of research too. But T and E knocks it out of the park. Absolutely perfect. One hour. It was. I didn't fast forward through anything. That was, a, that was an amazing part. Like sometimes like, okay, this story is about doing well. It's the middle of an anthology, nothing riveting. I, it's incredibly gratifying to hear you say that. And, you know, I, something that has frustrated me with other UFO series as a viewer is when you feel like a, a small amount of content is being really pulled out over an hour. So yeah. we really set out to let's, let's fill these shows with information and stories. Let's, Let's make it rewarding and let's challenge viewers a bit. So that that was where um, you know Brian landed on this. What I thought was an incredibly artful approach of the three stories, the companion stories, and 
kind of a revisiting of what what's happened through various lenses from what what is the emotional effect on a human being to from a scientific point of view what could this what could this really be um, but you know with TE it's and I think it's a fascinating way to look at these phenomenon is um, what's it like to be a human being encountering yeah. rubbing shoulders with this this stuff that we can't explain and that's and that's where I think you're not giving yourself enough credit because that's I've, I've I've seen your body of work and I know I, I do want to talk about UF Total Town which used to be searching for guardian and I think we're running out of time for that one I apologize but you do it human first the human comes first in your store and everything else kind of falls in it's it's the brilliant story I mean it's just the vision is there and I love it thank you yeah I I think that what really compels me is the question of why why is it that we are so fascinated with this this idea and why can't we let it go and you know looking through history from the 40s to the present the way the ufo phenomenon is constantly shifting in tandem with our our bigger concerns as human beings and you know you're asking about positive ufo stories it's interesting that you start with things like the body snatchers in the 50s but by the 80s there's this kind of idea and that was when i was growing up that aliens could help you like et was nice right. and helpful and he taught us something about ourselves and, and i just i think it's fascinating and it's fascinating in terms of what it says about us and there's always hope and that's what i really do like about encounter ufo at the end at the end of the day we maybe we're alone or we're not but there's always hope for humanity there's always hope for the people and they get to exercise their their demons. They're taken seriously. They get to tell their story, and that's healing. And I can't wait for. I, I've already seen the first episode. I'm gonna watch it again tomorrow. And again, Encounter UFO on TNE at 9 p.m. Eastern at. Oh, excuse me, tomorrow. But, you know, whenever you listen to the podcast tomorrow, right? No, it's gonna be August 10th. Sorry, I know numbers and dates. COVID has not been that bad yet. Oh, no. But I want to thank you for your time so, so much. Is there anything that if you want our listeners to take away one thing from this series, one thing you want to say right now, what would it be? I'd say that the people you'll meet in this series are your friends and your neighbors and your coworkers and they're regular people that are sharing something incredible and that these are not people to be dismissed. It's, it's worth listening to these stories and having the, the bigger discussion around what UFOs might be and what what they might mean to us uh, as the human race. Uh, that brilliantly said, perfect. People are people, and that's, that's always a strength. And again, on August 10th at 9 p.m. on TNE, Encounter UFO. It's an hour, sit down, it's family fun. It'd be perfect. Here's some stories. They're all human stories. We need that human connection, especially during these isolation periods. That was, I think that works brilliantly. Thank you so much, Necro. Thank you again. Uh, I can't say enough. And uh, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me, Jim. I really appreciate it.